I feel like um, I feel like doing a little battle here this morning. I, I feel like <clears throat> this is a good group of folks to um, link up with arm in arm and um, do some battle with. There are many needs represented in this room, but even more that are out of this room that should be here and are not. There are many people that God has put in your atmosphere that you know of and you have a heavy heart for. You know that they're not saved or you know that um, they're struggling right now either physically in their bodies or spiritually. I feel like doing battle this morning. And we are battling with full armor (laughs) provided for us by the author and the finisher of our faith. And those are not just words. He's already won the battle. We just go to have to join Him in this victory cry. And I hope you will with me here this morning. Amen? Amen. So Father, in Jesus' name, as we bow our hearts and minds to you this morning, we thank you for the victory that you've already given to us. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Jesus, we thank you for the price that you've already paid. Those words that we sang just a moment ago, for some of us, they're so real. Father, in this moment, we come before you having full faith and confidence that what we pray, you are hearing And Lord, we're praying this according to Your will, according to Your Word. Father, You've called us to have hearts that would intercede for those who are missing the mark. Lord, for those maybe brothers and sisters who um, have walked away or, or for those who don't really feel like it's important to spend time with You. Lord, we come before You right now interceding for them. Right now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Father, for some of our brothers and sisters in this moment who are experiencing heartache and heartbreak, Lord, whether it be because of family troubles, whether it be financial, Father, it doesn't matter because you're the king. Father, that you've solved all of their problems. All of their issues are already taken care of. Lord, I pray in this moment that you would fill their hearts and minds. Father, let them return to their first love this morning. Father, help them to get their minds, their hearts, their eyes off of their problems and back onto you where they should be. Father, in Jesus' name right now, we stand in the gap for our weak brothers and sisters. Father, we join arm in arm spiritually, Father, and we hook up with you right now and intercede, Father. Father, for those who have suffered rejection and hurt and heartache, Father, we come against all of that bondage, all of that stuff that would hinder them. Father, all of that would would keep them from receiving your love in its full. Father, we come against that right now in Jesus' name. Father, we love you. We know that you love them. And Father, in Jesus' name, would you just surround them with your love this morning. Let them feel that they are accepted by you. They're accepted in the beloved. Father, heal all their heartache and heartbreak. Father, for our lost children right now, Father, I stand on your promise. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your whole house will be saved. Father, we come against all of the strongholds of the enemy right now in Jesus' name. He cannot have them. They belong to you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. name. We don't care what it looks like right now, Father. 
We don't care what it looks like. We walk by faith and not by sight. We, we walk and work and strive according to your good pleasure. Father, we walk, we work, we will, Father, according to your word and according to your promise. Right now, we stand on it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, for those who are aching and they're sick in their bodies, Father, whether they be part of this body or not, Father, just that they're part of your body, Father, we join our faith with them. Right now, Father, let them believe and trust in Jehovah Rapha. Father, you are the God that heals. And Father, we believe it. We absolutely believe it, that it is true. And we stand on that word right now. Father, bring healing to our bodies. Father, sound minds right now. Father, there are those who think that they're getting old, they're losing their memories, and it's lost. And Father, in Jesus' name, we pray that it's found in you this morning. Father, that we have sound minds, Father. Sound minds, Father. Father, fill us again with a fresh touch and a fresh anointing. Father, but let us be filled with your love. Father, touch us. Touch us. No fear. No fear. Power and love. In Jesus' name. Father, we're, we're yielding ourselves, our members, our bodies, our minds, all that we are to you this morning, Lord. We're yielding all that we are to you. Fill us. Fill us. Fill us. Fill us. And right now, church, if you prayed with some folks in mind, or even if you prayed with yourself in mind, just begin to give them thanks. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you heard this prayer. And we thank you that you're answering this prayer. Father, we thank you for interceding. Father, we thank you for the blessing. We thank you for salvation right now. Father, in Jesus' name, we receive it in Jesus' name. We receive it because, Jesus, you paid the price. You paid the price. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You know, the devil needs to be on notice this morning. I feel a fire. And I know some of you do too as well. But I feel a fire this morning. Even though my, 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 my humanness, my flesh wants to look at things and, and be um, bothered, that's a good word. Distracted, that's another good word. No, no, no. In the spirit, I'm telling you that we are doing war. And we're doing war here this morning. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. I can't even get started with the message. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Put that up there for me. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. That is a command from the Lord. That's in the Bible. That's, that's, that's the Holy Spirit wrote that through our brother Paul to the church. Rejoice in the Lord sometimes. No. Rejoice when you feel good. No, no, no. Rejoice when things are going well. Rejoice always, always, always. I'm sorry, and it's the Thessalonians that, that he wrote that too. Is This is the scripture. The first one, rejoice in the Lord always, Philippians. Rejoice in the Lord always, the church at Thessalonica. He wrote it to the church. He's repeating something to the church, to the church, to the church. And both of those letters to two separate locations, the same body of 
Christ. Rejoice in the Lord always. He's writing that to us. That's His Word. He's commanded that to us. Rejoice in the Lord always. Not just sometimes. Not just when you feel good. And not just when things are going well. Always. Hallelujah. Alright, I'm tired. Let's quit. Back to Thessalonians. This is what He said before. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly. Comfort the faint-hearted. Uphold the weak. Be patient with all. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good both for yourselves and for all. Rejoice always. See, right in the middle of this, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. You see this right in the middle? Rejoice always, right in the middle of all that stuff. And all of this thing, they have one thing in common. We have to choose to do so. We have to choose to do so. What are you talking about, Tony? Brethren, warn those who are unruly. I have to choose to do that. I have to make sure that I'm going to go ahead and warn them. Comfort the faint-hearted. I can walk through my life and go through church life and never try to comfort any, excuse me, anyone. I have to choose to do so. He's commanding me, I need to be doing this. Uphold the weak. Be patient with all. Be patient with who? All. Oh, I have to choose to do this. It's hard to do that sometimes, isn't it? Some of you who are raising kids, it's hard to do that sometimes. Some of you who have me as a relative, it's hard to do that sometimes. Amen? Hallelujah. Tara, you didn't have to laugh that hard. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right. I have to choose to do it. I have to choose. I have to make the choice. Hallelujah. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. I love that order. I'm not going to try to go sideways on you and make a big deal out of nothing and, 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 and preach to you something that maybe or may not be right there. But that means something to me that in verse 16, he's telling me to rejoice always. And in verse 17, he's telling me to pray without ceasing. You know what? Sometimes that's the only thing that can help me, that can really make it uh, where I can Rejoice always. Why? I have communication with Him. I have relationship with Him. Because if it wasn't for that, I will look at my circumstances. I will not recognize the power that passes everything. This love and and, and then this joy that He gives me. This fruit of the Spirit. This power that I have in the Holy Spirit. Without Him, I have nothing. Without Him, I mean with Him, I have everything. So I can rejoice. Pray without ceasing. And everything give thanks. In what? everything. How can I? i got to choose to do that. All of these things are an act of my will. Joy is a choice. Well, at least i got two people that agree with me. Hallelujah. Joy is a choice. And we can... See, here's the problem. We try to create it. See, because we don't feel it, so we try to create it. Isn't that right? And, And we can't do that because true joy comes from God. See, 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 no, Pastor, not everybody believes in God and there's a lot of happy people out there. Being happy for the moment is not the same thing as joy. You know, that joy unspeakable and full of glory, that's God. And God knows how to give us joy because He created me. So He really does know what would bring me eternal joy. He really knows what would satisfy my soul. 
He, see, the enemy just goes ahead and he tries to satisfy you for that little moment. Just for that here and now. And then that, when, that's gotten, when that's gone, you've got to create another moment. And it's just moment by moment by moment. Hallelujah. This is good stuff, man. I didn't even play. Hallelujah. It's just moment by moment. I'm going to live for this moment. That goes away. I'm going to live for the next moment. No, no, no. See, God knows. He made us. And He knows how to give us eternal joy. He knows how to satisfy us down in our soul. A joy that is, again, a, a joy that's unspeakable, filled with glory. In Luke 10, Jesus started sending disciples out two by two. He sent out 70, right? And they came back. We're going to pick it up in verse 17. In verse, um, I'm sorry, chapter 10, verse 10, uh, 17 of Luke. Then the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. How many of you know that he wasn't talking about spiders and snakes and insects? And uh, No, he's talking about the very demons, the very demonic powers. He's saying, I'm giving you authority to crush demonic powers. Powers and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Hallelujah. That's Jesus saying that. He can't lie. He says, I'm giving you the authority to have all of that stuff trampled under your foot. I'm giving you power over every bit of it that none of it can hurt you. I am so, I, I got to be honest with you, uh, I hear some preachers, and some preachers who I admire will talk about demonology, and they're trying to, you know, teach their church about demonology and all of this stuff. And I'm not saying that that's wrong. Don't, don't get me wrong. But you know what? We've also, in the past few weeks, uh, the Lord has taught us, be faithful in the little things. You know what? Uh, let me worry about, let me, let me go ahead and be concerned with praying every day. Let me go ahead and be concerned about walking in what He's already taught me before I start worrying about casting this demon out, casting that demon now let me just go ahead and and get my heart on track with his let me go ahead and be faithful in the small things that he's already brought me to and then uh the demons they'll take care of themselves thank you very much man i want to be faithful in the small things and these guys are enamored and they return with joy because they they're walking in this power and even the demons have to obey them verse 20 nevertheless do not rejoice in this in what? All of this power that I've just told you that you now have because of me. Do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why am I happy? Why should we be joyful? Why is it that we're living in this specific time, in God's timeline? Things are a mess. Things are unraveling. You don't have to be a spiritual giant to understand. We are in the last days. Jesus can put the sky at any moment. And I'm telling you something. There are perilous times. And Christianity is the least tolerated. If you're a Christian, you are a marked person. Period. Period. Chick-fil-A just got run off out of another public venue or something again. I mean, it's just for nothing. For nothing except they're Christian. Oh, boy. They're messing around. They're messing around. The Lord can come back at any moment and He would not have to apologize. We're living in this, in this, this, this time. I am so grateful. I'm so thankful that 
our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. That we don't have to fear anything. We won't have to fear what man could do to us. We don't have to fear what the devil would bring. We don't have to fear that. Our names are already written in the Lamb's book of life. We already have power over that. That's what I'm rejoicing in this morning. I belong to Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No power of darkness can touch me. I belong to Him. When the breath leaves this body, I'm going to be with Him. (laughs) I don't have to create anything false. I know what the real thing is. Amen? See, I want to talk to some of my super spiritual friends now. You know, some of those who get totally enamored with the spiritual, the charisma gifts and this power and all this other stuff. You know what? That's great. And and I'm so thankful that the Lord has blessed us and the Lord has told us in Corinthians, Corinthians, desire spiritual gifts. I'm not speaking, but my brothers and sisters, before we get so enamored with what the, the Holy Spirit does through us and around us in the supernatural, man, we better get something. It's because we are citizens of heaven that that even happens. Heaven is, man, heaven is where God is, where we're going to actually see Him right, face to face. Right? For now, like we know in part, but then face to face. How many of you really, uh, really, uh, think about this, how many of you really think about that? One day you're going to be able to see Jesus. Oh, I see Him now, Pastor. Oh, shut up. You're going to see Him. You'll be in His presence. I've said this to you before, but I'm going to say it again. I don't care. There's different people here. I get to say it again. The, the, Paul, the Apostle of Christ, the end of that movie, it, is if you don't see it except for anything at the end of that movie, when Paul goes, he sees the people that he terrorized, but then he sees Jesus on the horizon. And if that don't bring a lump to your throat, you ain't a Christian. I don't care what you... I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, I want to see Jesus. My name is, is on, the, on the citizenship scroll in heaven. And, and, and when I get to go there... To be absent from the body is to be present from the Lord, the, the Holy Spirit says through the Apostle. I'm going to see Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Man, so we can have our, our powerful services with the music and, and we can have the Spirit-filled services with the laying on of hands and the healing. Awesome stuff. All done by the power of God. Amen. Hallelujah. But heaven. Heaven is where my heart is. No matter how much of that we get down here, it's not going to compare to what we're going to have up there. Hallelujah. Jesus said it this way. Again, the kingdom of heaven, this is Matthew 13, 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Do, do you see, my brothers and sisters, do we value our citizenship in heaven like that? Do, did you hear what Jesus said? I, Jesus said, I'm going to tell you what the kingdom of heaven is like. I'm going to tell you how, how valuable. I'm going to tell you how this is. This is like a man who find, he sells everything he has so he can have that. He's willing to give up everything he owns for that. Hallelujah. For what? For the joy, right? For the joy over it. Over what? Heaven. Over the kingdom of heaven. See, I, I think we, we get so short-sighted 
And that's what allows us, uh, even those of us who are born again, even those of us who are in church, it allows us or we, we give ourselves permission sometimes to try and create these moments of joy. Uh, we allow ourselves the, the, this moment or that moment, you know, after all, I deserve it. Or, you know, we just get so fed up with things. It's, it, it, you know, we get worn out sometimes, don't we? Come on. We get worn out. And so we allow ourselves those momentary things. Right? And we try to create those moments. Heaven is forever. He brought heaven down to us. He allowed us to see what that realm was like. He gave us a glimpse into the heavenlies. And now he says that we're seated with him in heavenly places. But is our heart there? Is our heart there? Are we rejoicing in the things over the heavenly realm or are we so fixed on this realm that we're trying to go ahead and mix and match the two? Ah. Philippians 3, 1 through 3, here's what it says. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. I I need to write these things. I I need to remind you of these things. For your own good, for your own safety, I need to remind you of these things. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the uh, mutilation. This, this is very strong language. See, they weren't dog lovers in that culture. Dogs were dirty, filthy, on the street, animals. They, they didn't have... Uh, they didn't have Sophie and Freckles. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't have, you know, they, come on, you know, and then there was none like that. It wasn't like that. They weren't the household pets. They didn't, they, you know, when you went to the daily market, you know, they weren't pushing them around in the baskets like I see now. They weren't, they weren't doing that. You know, it's gotten bad now. You go to a restaurant and it's not on, you know, you may see a, a, a dog in a Man, I'm getting out when I see that dog in there. You know what I'm saying? Hey, anyway, regardless of all that, what I'm trying to say, to try to make this a little bit more relatable to us, because we see this, not no big thing. We love our pets. And I'm not saying it's wrong to love your pets, so don't miss... However, when he's using this language, this is pretty strong language. He's calling them dirty, filthy things. Beware, And he's talking about now in the church. Come on. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the mutilation. What he's talking about, those who would hold you to religious laws and rules, those who are religious. Beware of those people who are going to be, hold you to legalistic points of view. Beware. For we have, are the, uh, excuse me, for we are the circumcision, listen to this now, who worship God in the Spirit, capital S, rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Did you see that? Did you, could you put that up there, please? Philippians 3. Yeah. Okay, listen. We worship God in spirit. It's not with the letter of the law. It's not just in word, but in and by His Spirit. And there's that inherent power. There's all of those. There's the fruit. The fruit of the Spirit. Love. Joy. Peace. Right? 
That's all part of it when we're worshiping God, not just in word or in deed, not just according to a legal religion, just some, some kind of legalism or some kind of a dogma. It's when we're doing it according and by His Spirit. Amen? Amen. And then look, look what it says. Rejoice in Christ. Rejoice in Christ Jesus. Have no confidence in the flesh. See, so to me, you know, this represents kind of the opposite. When I, when I spoke to you earlier, I said, you know, all of these things, uh, you know, the spiritual, my, my spiritual giant friends who, who um, are looking totally at the charisma gifts and, and looking at these um, services and these gatherings and these opportunities for the hair to go up on the back of your neck and, you know, blah, and, this is, and it's all good, it's all great. But that's not really, that, that, that's, that, this is the opposite now. You can go the opposite way and then all of a sudden just say, well, <clears throat> because I don't, uh, I, ne- I never puffed a cigarette or because uh, I never say a bad word or because I go to church every time the church doors are open or whatever the, dog, whatever the strict legalistic uh, view of religion that you have and you're trying to adhere to that. If you're doing that, that can steal your joy just as quick as not seeing the supernatural. And and let me just tell you something. If you're doing that, you're sticking to religious dogma, you probably won't see the supernatural. Come on. Because you have to worship Him in spirit. The time is coming, and now is, Jesus said, where they that worship must worship God in spirit and in truth. We must know what His Word is and worship Him with the help of the Holy Spirit. We know His truth by the Holy Spirit, and we we are yielding ourselves, our spirit, our soul to Him. And we're worshiping Him him in spirit and in truth with our whole hearts. Amen? 1 Corinthians 4.20 says it this way. It's not going to be up there. For the kingdom of God is not word, but in power. But in power. In, in um, 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul warns Timothy about those who have a form of godliness but deny the power. But they deny the power. See, my brothers and sisters, it speaks to the same thing. In it, you know, my, I cannot walk righteous enough to earn my spot in heaven. It was only the power of the cross and the regeneration of the Spirit, Holy Spirit, that, can, that, that transformed me, that took me out of darkness and transformed me into His marvelous light. It was only that that took me from a, my citizenship in hell to my citizenship in heaven. It took the wrath of God that was on me, off of me, and made me His Son. Hallelujah. It was, it was the power of God. It was the power of God that did that. It's, I cannot deny that, that there is that power. And if I deny it, how can I, how can I even rejoice? Because then all of a sudden I'm living, listen, I'm living according to my own standards. I'm living and I'm trying to follow rules and regulations and I'm trying to do it right. And, and, and if, I don't, if I mess up, then all of a sudden, oh no. How can I be happy? How can I walk around thinking, you know, can't do this, got to do that. Can't. And then conversely, how can I walk around just thinking, man, unless I feel, unless, you know, the hairs are up on the back of my neck or, 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 or unless I'm getting this divine revelation, there's, there's this new rhema coming from heaven. I heard his voice coming from my Cheerios this morning. Or whatever it is, whatever it is as silly as that sounds, as silly as that sounds, that's how some of us operate. We're looking for that next big thing, spiritually, supernatural. We've got to look for the supernatural. It's got to be in the supernatural. I'm going to tell you, here it is right here. It's in this Bible. It's in this Bible. And it's when you get on your face and you're communicating with God, with your heart, that's when He gives you rhema. He's going to let these words off this page jump into you. You're going to understand them like you didn't understand them. It could be something that you read 15 
15 times. And then all of a sudden there's that one time that Holy Spirit inside of you gives you revelation. That becomes rhema. That's a word from God. And your hair on the back of your neck didn't have to jump up. Your wife didn't have to slap you. No, none of that stuff. The Red Sea doesn't have to part. There doesn't have to be sunshine in the middle of the night. It doesn't have to be any... You don't have to float on air. It doesn't have to be any of that. It's just His Word confirmed in you. And you know it when it happens. Hallelujah! It's powerful. It's just as powerful as the lame walking and blind eyes open. I'm telling you something. Because that's the power that saves you. Hallelujah! That's the power. Hallelujah. I don't want to deny that power. I want to rejoice in that power. That power that took me from darkness and transferred me into His marvelous light. That's the power. Hallelujah. Yeah, I want to see blind eyes open. Yeah, I want to see the lame to walk. Yeah, I want to see all of that. But I really want to see Him in heaven. Hallelujah. God is good. But see, it's not always easy to rejoice. Because we're still living in this world. You know, we're, we're in it. We're not supposed to be of it, but we are still in it. So we prayed, and we did some battle before the message. God started bringing us this message. Because some of us do have kids that need help. Some of us do have people that are struggling. Some of us are struggling ourselves. So we do battle. And we pray. But we still have to rejoice. Why? Well, let's look at James 1. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. What? Count it all joy. Why? Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Lacking nothing. You want all that God has for you? You're going to have to go through the tests and trials. You're going to have to go through the tests and trials. Oh, let's just skip that part, God. Okay. Then you won't receive the fullness of what I have. Boy, isn't... Well, why would God do that? Why does He have to make us... Why don't He just plop it on us? Why doesn't He just plop it on us? Because we wouldn't even know we had it. Why would you need it? You have to go through the tests and the trials. So that proves the faith that you have in Him because I'm not going to look at these tests and trials and say, I'm defeated, I'm done, it's over. I'm going to look at these tests and trials and I'm going to say, okay, here's an opportunity, Lord, for me to have, I'm going to exercise joy. I'm going to choose joy in this moment because I know I trust you more than I trust what my own eyes are seeing. I trust you, Lord, right now more than what I'm experiencing. I trust you, Lord, more. I I don't see my kids acting the way you say they're going to act. I don't see my kids as being, I'm not talking specifically, I'm just talking generally. I'm not seeing my kids because I don't want anybody to go, hey, your father said you're not saved. No, no, I'm not saying that. No, listen, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not seeing what... But, nevertheless, He promised it to me, so I'm going to stand. And listen, if I really believe it, then I'm going to have a little joy over it. If I don't believe it, then I'm just going to walk around like a sad sack. I believe it. Do you believe it? Then let's rejoice. Let's choose joy. Let's not create joy. Let's not try to manipulate it and move it around ourselves. God's got this. How do I know that? You're smart. I'm smart. No, because He said so. He said so. And either he's a man, we know that he's not a man. Either he's, either he's a liar or he's God. God can't lie. Hallelujah. 
1 Peter 4, 12 and 13. Behold, do not think it strange concerning the fire trial which, you, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice. Look at, but choose joy. Do, Hallelujah. Choose joy to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings that when His glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. You're, you, listen, you're gonna be, you're, your joy is going to be in excess. You're believing right now, you're choosing joy. But then when, because you're choosing joy, because you're standing and you're, you're, being, you're, you're suffering like, like Christ suffered. Let me ask you, well, that just means, Tony, when you're reviled, because you know, I also was going to bring you more scripture today, but I figured you wouldn't want to hear all the scripture I had for you. So anyway, no, but you know, just like Jesus' warning, he's saying they're going to revile you, they reviled me, they're going to revile you, they hated me, they're going to hate you. And so when you suffer for my name's sake, you know, you're, you're going to be rewarded. Right? Okay. Well, that's just saying that, uh, Tony. When we, no, 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 no. Listen, Jesus suffered in this life. I explained to you last week or the week before, or whenever. But my brothers and sisters, his own friends said that he was insane. His own family rejected him. Anybody? Anybody experience any of that? Huh? Huh? Come on now. He, there was. He preached a tough message, and a bunch of his church left. Did he expect, we're not just talking about the suffering he did uh, against the Pharisees and, and the Romans and all that. We're talking about the everyday life stuff that he suffered. How about this? You know eternity. He, he knows what's going to happen before it happens. He's sitting there on his way into Jerusalem and he wept. Why? Because he sees the, the, this Jerusalem. He knows what's about to happen. He knows it's going to be destroyed. There's not going to be one stone left upon another. And he says, all that you had to do was to come to me. All you would have had to do was just come to me. Just trust me. But you wouldn't. Right? So he weeps. So look at all of these things. When, we, when we're experiencing these heartaches and heartbreaks, Jesus knows exactly what you're going through because he went through it as well. The difference is, and sometimes we suffer because of some of the silly decisions that we make. Yes. Now, that's not God punishing us. But we're going to have to suffer because of some of the silly decisions that we've made. Ain't that right? Yes. Let me jump ahead now to John 16 in verse 16. You'll see verse 20 up on the board when I get to it. A little while and you will not see me. And again a little while and you will see me. Because I go to the Father. Then some of his disciples said among themselves, What is this that he says to us? A little while you'll see, not see me. And again a little while and then you'll see me. And because I go to the Father, they said, therefore, what is this that he's saying? What's he talking about? In a little while, you're not going to see me, then you're, you're going to see me. What, what is he talking about? Now, Jesus knew that they desired to ask him, and he said to them, are you inquiring among yourselves about what I said? A little while, you'll see, not see me, and again, a while, you will see me. Most assuredly, I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. And you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. Your sorrow will be turned into joy. I'm telling you, he's speaking specifically to them and he's speaking about when he goes and then they're going to see him come back and then especially they're going to have a visitation on the day of Pentecost and their sorrow is going to be turned to joy. But my brothers and sisters, he visited you. He visited you. And the enemy of your soul wants to turn your joy back into sorrow. He's going to do it by the circumstances and situations. He's going to do it because there's, sometimes you're going to make some bad decisions. But I'm here to tell you today, 
that it doesn't matter what decision you made, how many times you've made it, if you turn back to Jesus, if you give Him your heart, you give Him his, your cares, and He'll turn your sorrow back into joy. Number one thing. You want to choose joy? Choose Jesus. You want to choose joy today? You want to have joy today? You want to choose it? Choose Jesus. You choose Jesus, you'll have joy. Psalm 35. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. See, we know we're going to have some tough times. But when we have the tough times, when we're experiencing some of these hard knocks and bumps and these sorrows, man, listen, that's the time that we, that we choose Jesus. We choose joy. And then we can't find it in us. Let's be, I'm going to talk real. Especially, uh, like, it, when your heart is for your family, when your heart is in ministry, and, and, you don't, and, and you're not seeing results, or you're not seeing results that you expect, or, or whatever, you're, go, you're, you're not walking by faith anymore, you start walking by sight. And so, it starts to get you down. And then when you see people suffering, and, and you feel helpless, like you can't do anything, it, it, it can bring you sorrow. When you see family members, young people, Young people that you've ministered to for years, all of a sudden they're not living for Christ anymore and you know they're, they're, su- they're going to suffer things. They're, they're being lied to and they're believing the lie. They're being led astray. What, what, what do you do? Man, should, should I cut a back flip? I'm just talking real with you now. Let's be transparent with each other. I'm going to tell you honestly, it's difficult for me. It's very difficult. When I see that, not to, not to look at that and not to be so heartbroken. You know what? I still, we got to pray for him. And then when we pray for him, we've got to go ahead and trust that God heard the prayer. That God heard the prayer and that he's going to perform what he said he would perform. We've we got to do that. And then we've got to walk away. It's on to something else now. Are, are you with me? Man, it's, it's, and I'm not saying that it's easy. I'm not saying that it's easy, but how much do we want to trust him? How much do we want to do it for him? When I was considering this message, you know how it is. I want to always try to give you examples, but the, the person that I always come back to is King David. He's the person that I always come back to. First, because God said that he was a man after his own heart. He was God's king. He picked David, and he made David promises, did he not? And he, and he adhered to the promises of David, even to the extent that the, the Messiah came out of his line. Isn't that right? Jesus came out of it. So didn't he keep all of his promises to David? Was David perfect? Did David, did David feel some sorrow? Did you ever read the Psalms? Yeah. David experienced some sorrow. David experienced grief. David had family problems out the... Didn't he? He had some serious family issues, didn't he? David had some problems because didn't he make some bad choices? I can relate to every bit of what he's gone through. But he's victorious. Victorious. Can you imagine? You know what? You know, uh, God is going to anoint the king. Your own father didn't think enough of you. Well, in fairness to Jesse, he was just a boy. And maybe Jesse was thinking according to his human nature. And not, well, how could God anoint my boy, a boy, a king? But then when they exhausted all of the sons, and even God had to talk to his prophet. You're looking at the outside. I'm looking at the heart. Right? When the older brother came up, oh man, Samuel was excited. This is the guy. Boy, look at him. He's stud. He's, he's the man. Uh-uh. You're looking at your... Hey, don't you fall into the same trap that everybody else falls into. You look at the outside, but I'm looking at the inside. And then finally it was David 
who was anointed. Isn't that right? David doesn't do, do anything. He comes up in there and you know the whole army of Israel is cowering. They're scared of one guy, Goliath. They're afraid. They're, they're just shaking in their boots over this Goliath guy. David goes up there and he says, what's going on? His own brother puts the bad mouth on him. What, what, do, you, what do you have to do with this? What, what's, what's your problem, man? Why do you want to get involved in something? You just, you little boastful little thing, you. Come on now, let's talk real. David says, look it. Man, isn't there a cause here? What am I? I'm just trying to figure this out. What's going on? But that same David, that same young David, was the only one that had the courage to stand up to Goliath. Why? Because he trusted God. God had already proved himself. God had already, he delivered the lion and the bear, and now he's going to deliver you. Isn't that right? Just this enormous victory. And it says that so much of what you look at David, David is walking according to... It says that David walked wisely. And David started defeating the enemies of Israel. And so much so that when he marched back into town, the women were coming out and they're saying, Saul kills his thousands and David slays his tens of thousands. And we know what happened. Saul became jealous and, and seeks to kill him. So now, David, walking wisely... Walking according to his heart with the Lord, and now he's got to look out because one day he's, well, he's not doing nothing, but he's just trying to play a little praise music around the king, and the king picks up a spear and pins him to the wall with it, baby. All, right, you know, all I'm trying to do is just play a little praise music. What did I do? Now tell me, in that moment, do you think that he was rejoicing? Mm. No, man, how could you? He didn't have Jesus. See, we're getting to look back and we see the end of his story. God carried him through every bit of it. God carried him through every single bit. We look back. So watch. Why do I need... If God was able to do that for a man that didn't have the Holy Ghost in him all the time, 100%, geez, he was looking forward to his deliverance. He was looking forward to the Messiah. In fact, he gave some of the Messianic prophecies, didn't he? He was looking forward to the Messiah. We get to look back. We, we get to go ahead and enjoy... Listen, listen. We get to enjoy the relationship with God personal relationship with God in the Spirit. We get to worship Him in spirit and in truth. We've received the adoption, the spirit of adoption as sons, whereby we can cry, Dad. We can call, we have this relationship. We've been reconciled back to God. We don't have to slay any sheep or goats. We don't have to make any offerings. The offering's already been made. The price has already been paid. Every sin that we've committed and everything that we've ever done is already under His blood. David had to make offerings. But David did understand something. You don't want me just to spill blood. You want my heart. That's what made him different. See, and, and so now listen, here's, the, here's this, this, this thing that just always sticks with me. I love this story so much. It's such a great example to me. I, I, I just love it. When, now look, but David, one of David's problems was he did not totally trust God. <gasps> he ran... And he aligned himself with the Philistine king. Why? He said, you know what? If I don't scoot, Saul's going to kill me. He, he, he thought that Saul would kill him, that Saul would succeed. So he didn't trust God totally, 
Isn't, am I taking a side door here, friends? So what he did was he aligned himself with the, the enemy, the arch enemies of his people. He aligned, he, he aligned himself with, with them. So now the Philistines, are, they're, they're going to go into all-out war with Israel. And so David and his army of a few hundred men, they're marching in columns with the Philistine army. Achish, the, the Philistine king, was with it. He, yeah, he's proven to me. He's, he's loyal to me. But now the rest of the Philistine lords, they don't like this. Look at what happens when he gets over there and all of a sudden he starts fighting with them instead of against them. So the king says to David, listen, just go back. He let him have, uh, him and his people, he let them have Ziklag. And he said, you just go ahead back home. I, I trust you, but the rest of the lords don't trust you. You just go on back home. Well, when David went back home, he found that the Amalekites went in and raided his home. Not just his, their whole town. Took everything. The women, the children, the livestock, took everything. And burnt Ziglag to the ground. Why? David was not supposed to be over fighting with the Philistines. Did God punish David? No, David punished David. So he goes back and it's burnt to the ground. Everything is gone. The men, it says in the Bible, the men cried until they had no more tears. Then they wanted to kill David. Do you think he felt some sorrow? That whole camp felt sorrow. The whole army of David was sorrow. How do I know that? Well, I just said, God said they cried until they couldn't cry anymore. They had no more tears left. David, listen, not only is David missing all of his family, his children, all of his, all of his wealth, everything that he had is gone, burnt to the ground. Now, not only that, now his own men want to kill him. Do you think he didn't feel sorry? What did David do? <laughs> he encouraged himself in the Lord. He rejoiced in the Lord. He rejoiced in the Lord. It says he encouraged himself in the Lord. He encouraged himself in the Lord. He encouraged himself in the Lord. Got the ephod and he said, Lord, should I go and pursue David? Go. And you will recover all. Man, what do we do when we just, when, when that sorrow, when the circumstance and the situation is just so, it's got us so down, it's, uh, it's impossible, Lord. No, no, no. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in His Word. Rejoice in His, listen, in His truth that He settled on the inside of you. Stand on it. Rejoice. In the Lord always. Don't try to manufacture something. See, then I think of, a, of another situation. Here, here's what I think. So now, listen, David eventually, he knows what happened. David, is, is, he conquers. He's victorious. King Saul, David doesn't even have to kill King Saul. That was taken care of. Now David is, is king, and we know that God lets David, he got, he's prospering. But we know that David has this zest and this zeal in his heart. He wants the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. And so he, he dances before the Lord. He doesn't care about anything or anybody. He's so zealous. He's so turned on. He, he, he rips his clothes off and he starts dancing before the Lord. Right? Hey, come on now. Up here. He's dancing. I'm not going to take my clothes off. <laughs> He's dancing before the Lord. 
He doesn't care how he looks. In fact, we know because we just studied this recently, even his own wife despises him because he's doing that. She said, man, you, man you're like a clown in front of the maidens. In the, in, you know, the young women are all out there and you're out there dancing in your underwears. I will make myself more undignified than this. Why? I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care who doesn't like it. I don't care. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. And I hope the devil doesn't like it because I'm going to dance on his head just a little bit. I'm Listen, we got to rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Hallelujah. I can't wait for the circumstances and the situations to look good and nice. I can't try to create a joyful situation because that's only going to last that long. Only God can bring me the eternal joy. He only God can bring me real joy because He knows what makes me tick. He knows what my soul, what my heart, what really on the inside of me, what's going to satisfy, what's going to fulfill. Only God knows that. I don't even know that. I'm going to tell you something else. When David went ahead and he had victory over all of his enemies, and it was that season, it was that time of year when kings went and fought wars, David was fat and happy. Come on now. Some some of you ministers back me up. He was fat and happy. The army went out and he stayed home. Oops. Then he sees Bathsheba. He commits egregious sin against the Lord. Was he sorry? Yeah. Extremely sorry. Extremely sorry. He got on his face before the Lord. And that baby that came from that union was sick. That baby was really, really sick. And we know that David fasted and he just got down on before the Lord and he was praying for that baby. And then the baby passed. And when the baby passed, his servants were, they didn't want to approach him. They were afraid. You know, he's this distraught when the baby's sick. What's he going to do when we, when we tell him that the baby died? He's going to kill himself or kill one of us. They didn't want to tell him. But David saw them murmuring on the sidelines. And he, he knew what happened. And then he did something very curious. He gets up, cleans himself up, and eats. His men are totally taken back by this. Man, you're, you're in sorrow. You're, 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 you're praying for this baby. You're in agony. And, and now the baby's dead. We, we don't get this. David, what's wrong with you? How could you be okay now, but when the baby was... David understood something. See, when he was down on his face, he was seeking God. He was in the presence of God. He said, I can't bring that baby back to me, but I'm going to be with him. I can't bring that baby back, but I'm going to see him. Wow. That's an Old Testament saint who made mistakes, who tried to create joy, who missed the mark, who definitely felt sorrow. Read the Psalms. Life stinks, life stinks, life stinks, but you're great.
That's David. Life is terrible, man. I've got enemies all around me. Lord, how long am I going to have to put up with this? Lord, I got this happening around me. They want to kill me. Many are they who... But Lord, you're great. You're going to deliver me. Rejoice in the Lord. When? Always. And again I say, rejoice. Don't let the enemy steal from you. And don't you try to create it on your own. You can't. You, you can't. You're going to make it worse. Don't try to create it on your own. Let's be thankful for the things that you already have. Let's look at some of the things. I've got more scripture, but we're, we're going to leave it there. Let's be thankful for what we have. Amen. Well, I don't have nothing, Pastor. You don't know. Well, you're here. There's breath in your body. I'm, I'm trusting you slept in a shelter last night. And how you got here, whether you drove your own vehicle or whether someone drove you here, you got transportation. See, but we have our idea, unless it's this, it's not right. Unless it's that, it's, it's not the thing. Really? Really? Are we trying to create joy? Because that's what we're doing. Unless I have this, I can't be happy. Unless it's that, it's not as good. Are we trying to create joy? Are we trying to create a circumstance that can make me happy in the moment when in fact we should be overjoyed, we should be extremely joyful because our names are written in heaven. We should be always joyful. Why? Because Jesus has already given us the victory. If I can't be joyful about anything else, I can be joyful about this. I know where I was and what I was before he saved me. So if I can't be joyful about anything else, I can be joyful about that. You know what? And even when your kids are acting a fool, you got kids. Even though I can't stand going to that job, you got a job. Come on. So let's stop looking at these other things to bring us joy and happiness. Let's stop. You know what? I'm just, you know, Michelle and I, every once a year, we try to take a, a trip at least once a year. We take a long weekend here or there. But, you know, her and I are going back and forth about, you know, where, where are we going to go? What are we going to do? And so I was thinking just the other day because we, we keep going back and forth on, you know, I'm so thankful that we can do that. I'm so thankful that I could take a few days off and travel someplace just to relax. I don't care where we go. Hear that? (laughs) (laughs) Just don't break the bank. (laughs) I don't care where we go. I'll be so thankful to have a little rest and relaxation with my better half. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, no, come on. Come on. Let's not lose this. Let's not lose where we are. Let's not lose this now. So, so, so listen, as bad as it is, as bad as some of the circumstances in around you, in, in, in around you, uh, you know, in your life, whatever, 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 however it is, let's, let's think on some good things. 
Let's think on some positive things. Oh, yeah, Tony, are you just trying to be one of them now? No. The Bible says think on these things. Think about the good stuff that you have. Think about the thing. And if you don't have anything else, again, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Rejoice about that. Amen? Stand with me, please.